Welcome to another episode of You the Mom, where we put the spotlight on remarkable mom stories, lessons, and conversations. I'm Janice, founder of Mommy Mundo, and I'm just so happy you could join me here today on You the Mom. Thank you to all of you who have been listening in to all our episodes. Can you believe we're now on season six? So keep sending in your comments and suggestions. We love hearing from you. And now for today's episode. Podcast Network Asia. This is You the Mom Podcast, your go to podcast on anything and everything mommy related. Brought to you by Mommy Mundo and Podcast Network Asia. The magic of stories. I believe that when we impart the magic of stories to our kids, we also gift them with a sense of wonder and curiosity, imagination, vocabulary, and logic, plus a whole lot of fun and memories. Stories allow us to learn essential life lessons and values while traversing in other people's shoes, imbibing a sense of pretend play and adventure. I wanted to learn how to be a good storyteller. How do we tell stories in a fun way that will engage and enthrall our children, hook them to love books, and bond with us, whether at bedtime, playtime, or study time? So that's why I invited my friend, and in my book, one of the best storytellers I know. Plus, she's also an advocate of spreading the power and magic of stories to the young and young at heart. And in her words, they believe that stories inspire, heal, and empower. So let's all welcome TV and events host, stage actress, and founder of Make Believe Productions, passionate storyteller, Leslie Lina. Hey, so welcome to You, The Mom. And today we have with us Leslie Lina, creative director and founder of Make Believe Productions. Hi, Leslie. Hey, Janice. So happy to be here and to be talking with you today. I'm so happy you're here. Um, finally, we're able to find a schedule to be together mm-hmm. and to have this chat. I know we're always together in events and we don't really get to catch up or maybe when it's face-to-face mm-hmm. with more time. So this is super special to me, especially that I'm away. But I know you've been there for mm-hmm. our Mommy Mundo community. So thank you, Lassie, for making time again. Oh, always a pleasure, Janice. It's true, but we get to work together and I always love it. But just the opportunity to talk with you and catch up with you is also a gift for me. And I'm so grateful to you, you know, about how you believed in Make Believe over the years. And even during the pandemic, like um, I learned to host because of you, like online, like doing all of the mom events together and helping also Make Believe pivot. Because early on, you're like, let's do storytelling online. and so. Yeah. I am just so grateful in how you helped us and supported us and helped us also try new things. So always happy to be here. Yeah, I'm always pushing mompreneurs like, do this, you can do this. <laughs> no, but yes. Leslie, first, I, when I was preparing for this time with you, I was thinking of how I met you. And I remember, mm-hmm. I don't know if you'll remember, that you weren't fully booked. You had a workshop there. And I actually yeah. ambushed you. I was like looking through the glass window in fully booked. Oh, she's like, she's your, then you're prancing around in your costumes with the kids. And somehow I got to talk to you then, and then I got your number, and then wanted you to come to our events in Mommy Mundo. But 
So I've always been a fan, right? I've always been a fan. I've always believed in what you do for kids, what you do for families. But when we got here to Canada, I think I shared this with you a few months ago, that even Reese, who's now 16, she remembers your stories in all our expos. She's like, mom, next time you have expo, mom, can you invite again Make Believe? Because I remember this story about the princess and she knows, she remembers. So I'm sure it's the same for the kids in our community. So really, thank you for all you do. I don't know if you even realize that probably like the you know, the teens and adult, growing adults now, like our kids, still have like seeds of Make Believe in them. <laughs> Galang, diba? So awesome. Yeah, I remember you messaging me about Reese and the story that she broke up, uh, brought up specifically was the one, the very first one that we did, which was a fairy tale mix up so many years ago. So it's it's so wonderful. Actually, recently we also did a, a party with a family and we did like this ninja storytelling because the child wanted um, a, a story to share with his friends that would teach the value of martial arts. And then in the aftermath, the family told us, you know what, you were with us in the first birthday. Uh, our child attended the Stage Lights Theater Workshop so that he could learn to tell stories. And then for his seventh birthday, uh, thank you so much for sharing the magic of stories. So I just realized, yes, um, that's exactly the magic yeah. of stories, Janice, that it, it makes a mark and it touches us and we remember it so many years after. That's true. Amazing. I wanted to, let me ask you first, how did you start believing and advocating actually the magic of stories? Like, and why is it so important? Why is it valuable to include like stories in our, in our kids' lives? Yeah, I, I was thinking about it, Janice, and I just thought about the impact of me on me as a child and how my parents had really gifted me with, with this magic very early on. Um, when I think back to my childhood, um, Janice, my parents were like really busy. Like we lived overseas for a while. My dad was working two jobs. My mom was like a full-time household manager. And we know that that really takes a long time from morning up to, you know, the afternoon. But for my dad, for example, when he would get home from his um, from his work, he would really sit down at the table with us and just regale us with stories, share uh, stories about his day, about his childhood, his own made-up stories, because my dad is actually a very gifted uh, writer and storyteller as well. Um, and then my mom, like, um, in between all of her chores, she would, like, a lot of time, maybe after lunch, to drop everything and take me to the nearby library. Also, then she would, when we would get back, she would continue with the rest of her chores, prepare dinner. But after dinner, I really remember just her, again, dropping everything, sitting down with me by the bed, um, dimming the lights, turning on our bedside lamp, and sharing stories with me. And so I realized, yes, uh, my parents were busy. They were out a lot working and, uh, you know, attending adulting. But I, it was just, it stands out in my memory when I look back on moments with my parents sharing story um story story time was such a big part of of our time together and they always made time for that and then thinking about the impact on me like i i just realized i without even really trying just because uh i was such a voracious reader and my parents shared stories with me i started excelling when i got to school i was excelling in the languages and it, it wasn't because, again, that I really sat down and said, I want to be good at this. But I just found that things started coming so naturally to me, like vocabulary, 
understanding words in context, even things like grammar just came pretty easy because I was exposed to the written and spoken word so early. So even like as a learner, I saw how this benefited me very early on. And then just certain things like imagination, putting yourself in another uh, another person's shoes, teaching you about compassion, exploring different worlds. And even if you're like um, stuck in one place and I felt that you know, during the pandemic, when we couldn't go out, it's really stories that were our bridge to the outside world that still allowed allowed us to explore, even if we had to limit our movement. So from language development, comprehension, vocabulary, imagination, compassion, I just was able to experience that and have those developed in me because a story was introduced to me so early on as a child. Wow, I, lo- I love that. I mean, So the way that your parents planted the seed in you and really practiced it day to day, that's what you are sharing to more families, right? And um, what I while you were talking, I was I just realized that what makes it special, all the more special, is that I guess your parents and yourself uh, not only treasure and give this treasure to others, the the power of stories, not only the written word, but you also have the flair for performance and that's it, storytelling, like the spoken word, um, theater and and imaginative play. And that's what makes it so special when you combine all that together. You're able to use that medium to, to share it. Like, were your parents also into like acting, stage play and all that? <laughs> Oh, actually, um, my dad never like really pursued it or got into theater. I know that he uh, was a writer like very early on. I think he wrote for the school paper, but never really performed. But it, it just seems like he has he's naturally boisterous. Um, and that's, I think, something that I learned, like really being able to practice the timing when you're building up, let's say, to something funny. He was able to, I don't know if he realized it, but he was able to like use different voices when telling um, stories from his childhood involving my Lolo and his brothers, you know, when telling us about his adventures and misadventures. So he naturally just used like these tools that he had. And I I don't think he he was very aware, but I just remember like sitting around the dinner table, just like being enthralled and, you know, with my my mouth wide open because he was just so entertaining. Like he was really able to hold the space and he didn't have any props, like none of the stuff that we use for make-believe. We have (laughs) lots of hats and costume accessories. So these are little embellishments, but just yourself and the energy and the enthusiasm, being able to play around with different voices. Uh, even for my mom, actually, she's very entertaining to watch as well. Um, I don't think that she realizes, but when she tells stories, like her hands are all over the place, she uses gestures. But I think even in watching her, because... Um, before my parents used to have a travel agency, so that was their business when I was a high school towards college. And so I would be able to spend time in the office. But my mom and I would see people of different nationalities come in and out. And she would be, you know, she would take on an accent. She would sort of mirror them <laughs> to make them more comfortable. So she would like be talking to somebody who's Italian and says, Hello, Toa. Uh, 
So we are working on your reservation. So she would be, you know, speaking in accents and then a Japanese client would come in. Hello there, Mr. Atami. Ticket in office ready now. Ganyan. And so she would be, you know, shifting her voice. And uh, and I remember just as a teenager, just being so entertained by it, you know, and just seeing how she would be able to bridge, you know, the gap between her and her clients just by, you know, adapting putting on the accent a little bit just so that they would understand her better. So I realized, yeah. yes, using your voice, using your, you know, putting on a little accent can help make the communication come alive and yeah, make things more colorful and more uh, engaging for whoever it is that you're talking to. Yeah, I, I guess not as like the being playful because it wasn't, it wasn't like a craft, unlike others. Like it's a yes. craft that you're professional, ganyan. So it's like being playful. That's that's another thing that actually aspect that you brought into make believe, right? So how amazing! I love this story. So maybe we should first, although I did say a bit earlier about what make believe is. Let's talk about make believe mm-hmm. and how you started. I know that you have a daughter. So did it come from? being a mom as well. These are things I never actually asked you after all these years of knowing you. So I love to learn also. So make believe tell tell our audience about make believe and and how you started. Yeah, it definitely arose from being a mother, but how it started was uh, when I graduated from college, I thought what if I tried to give theater and performing I tried to see if it's something that I could do um, full-time. So I threw myself into the world of theater, had the opportunity of doing plays, and then from there was able to branch. Actually, out into film, I was able to do some independent film projects, was lucky to do a couple of international film projects. But there is an off-season for performing. It's usually like um, during the summer, there, there isn't much around. And that's when I fell into teaching theater. So I, I fought with a trumpet. That was my first experience as, as a theater workshop teacher. And also during the time, I became a part-time teacher at Assumption in their high school. So I handled the high school drama club. So even during the time, I was realizing that you know I love being with kids. I love teaching kids and sharing with them um, what I knew about performing and telling stories on stage. And then my husband now, who was my boyfriend at the time, you know, would come to all of the culminating activities. And he would always say, you know, it seems to me that, you know, you love this. And it seems that you have a flair for this. And it seems that you have your own ideas about how to, you know, tell stories and how to stage it. Why don't you put up a group of your own? So, you know, I was, you know, young at the time. And you think, you know, maybe that's something that you can do later on once you are a veteran and once you have a lot of experience. So I would always be laughing at him like, yeah, maybe when I'm older, let's see, let's see where this takes me. But he was always so, but up here, like always after all, he was so supportive. It's actually like my staunchest supporter, Janice, um, people. But every time he would watch a show or watch me teach a class, you should put up your own group. I really think, you know, there's something there. So I really didn't believe him. But then when we had Sophie, I, I just remember and. It's really true. She was sleeping. She was a few months old at the time. And people's words were echoing in my head. And I was thinking about, like, what's next for me? What's my next step? Because, of course, being a mother is such a big step. And I was embracing that journey. But then I felt like there was something more. I feel like I could do something more. And I remember she was fast asleep. I was just looking at her and I said, I want to try and do this. I think I'm going to um, listen to people's advice many years later and just try to put up 
my own group that would be dedicated to that, to uh, empowering kids through theater, teaching them uh, the magic of stories and how to tell stories and performing stories, whether it be for parties and events. So yes, being a mom and being her mom definitely helped me take that leap. And what was so great is as uh, as she was a baby, I was doing all my experimenting on her, yeah. so like all of her kitty parties, like would put on performances and I'd get feedback in real time from kids and say, this is the best party ever. I love this. I love this story. Um, so yeah, so I was able to test uh, a lot of things with her. But, you know, being her mom also helped me realize a lot of things, realizing how powerful stories are. Like I remember when she was really young and very sick and she had to take her medicine. And of course, it's such a struggle, right? So to have our yeah. toddlers take medicine, they don't like it. They're afraid. What's this color? What's this thing that you're putting in my mouth? And it was close to like 30 minutes of us struggling. She was in tears. I was in tears because I couldn't get her to drink her medicine. And no matter, you know, I was trying to cajole her, trying to reassure her, you just drink it. It's fast. This is going to be good for you. It's like a super vitamin that's going to make you (laughs) feel better. But we couldn't. We couldn't. And we were both really frustrated. And then I don't know what came over me, but I just took a deep breath and I said, once upon a time, there was wow. a princess who was overcome with coughs and cold. She had a very high fever and she couldn't stop sneezing. <laughs> and what happened was I started spinning this thread about this princess of this kingdom who was very sick and she quieted down and she was And then I said, this princess did not want to drink her medicine. It was this violet liquid that looked thick and looked really, really gross. And she was closing her mouth. But as she closed her mouth, her nose became a huge tomato and became bigger and bigger and bigger. So she was like enthralled and she was looking at me and she was starting to giggle, you know, about this princess with this large tomato nose. But she didn't want to drink her medicine. But finally, when it looked like that tomato was about to explode, the princess opened her mouth, drank the medicine, and her nose shrunk back to normal without needing to explode. Our longtime partner of helping and enhancing the parenting journey is Baby Dove. Baby Dove has been creating products to help us care for our babies the best we can. Now, Baby Dove has released a new range to soothe babies' irritated skin from dryness and help us relieve our worries as moms. We're excited to introduce Baby Dove Soothing Moisture. This baby wash helps relieve irritated skin with warm milk and chamomile scent for your baby's delicate skin. It's dermatologist and pediatrician tested and is also free from dyes, parabens, and phthalates. Let's all give our babies hashtag soothing care. at that time and then and then at the end of it so so just like the princess will you be brave and drink the medicine so that your nose doesn't become a tomato and Uncle Jan without even trying she just opened her mouth and in the medicine went and then she drank it and she said I'm brave like the princess and I said yes exactly 
So just those instances of like just realizing I, I didn't even have to like, you know, I was begging. I was like almost. In yeah. I maybe if we had gone on, maybe I would have shouted at her already. But because I had that time to take the breath and then just launch into a story without even planning it, uh, it just, you know, quieted her down and calmed her down. She was able to see the situation from a different perspective. That's something that I love about stories. When we're in it, like it's playtime and we don't want to share. Of course, that's our toy and we don't want to share. It's our precious toy. So it might be difficult for us to encourage our child to share. But if we tell them a story about a child who had this precious toy that they love, that they had a difficult time sharing, but they learned how to eventually, all of a sudden your child is able to have a distance from that situation that they might be very emotionally involved in. They're able to see it from a different perspective. And then because we gave that story to them, now they're able to re-enter their own story with a fresh perspective about how they might want to move within yeah. their stories. So that's something that I learned oh. from using stories, parent Sophie as well. Oh, thanks for sharing that. That's so fun. And that's so amazing. Um, I think also when when we tell a story and use that to give a lesson, diba? usually kasi when it comes from us, like if it's a direct lesson, like share, you share because so sometimes there's a block, right? So when we're able to like share the lessons through stories, they're able to like imbibe it more because it's in context of another situation. So amazing. I'm sure that's one of her memories, uh, one of many, many memories <laughs> with you plus her birthday parties, right? Yeah. And yeah. it's so funny because, you know, I'd be able to test things on her. I, I would expect like when she would get to a performance that she'd be primed and she would know what would happen. And usually in, in storytelling performances, um, because I feel like I'm such a good girl <laughs> in real life, but I love to play the villain. That's like my release, like playing the villain and like in Peter Pan. It's your chance so, to you be know, because she had seen us like practice. Yeah, it's yeah. my chance to be the bad one. Um, you know, she watched all the practices, you know, we'd see, okay, she reacts, she laughs in this part, this works. So I really would expect that when we would get to like, and this happened in a Mami Mundo event in, in Rockwell, I believe. It was so funny. We were doing an, uh, an Easter themed storytelling and I was playing the, the villain again. And I expected that she would, you know, she'd be okay because she'd seen the practice. But, you know, when we got there and I was like uh, in the way of the heroes, I'm like, I'm going to rule. I'm going to give them bad dreams. She was the one that like really came up to the front and she said, <laughs> and then she I remember she was wearing this beaded bracelet at the time she slammed it on the stage wow. and then the the, the beads like, scattered on the stage yeah and then I was like I know all of us are highly emotional in this moment I am emotional too so I must so, and then all the other kids were like shouting <laughs> and we, we just love emotional investment um, it comes from the kids Actually, the kids yeah. are uh, invested in the story and you really see them uh, um, rooting for the hero. Uh, in a lot of our stories, because, you know, a lot of our favorite children's stories, it really is like a hero overcoming something. And this yeah. is where the lesson comes in. So let's say, for example, a story that we love to tell is a story of the dot, wherein there's a young girl named Vashti who is in art class. She has dreams of becoming an artist, but she can't start. And so we put in villains in the storytelling to make it fun, wherein 
She has a classmate named Hazel, who is a very uh, experienced artist who, you know, paints 10 paintings all in one sitting. And she's like, Vashti, how come you're not painting anything? So we try to like really mirror real life situations wherein there might be somebody very sure mm-hmm. of themselves. And then we ask the kids, is that right? You know, even if it's something that comes naturally to you and you're very good at it, if you notice that there's somebody having a hard time, should you react that way and say, oh, how come you're not making anything? And so the kids are able to say, yeah, um, if I happen to be good at something, whether it be sport or art, um, then I have to learn compassion for others. Or maybe yeah. I can coach them and help them out. So we're able to use the story to really, you know, get them emotionally invested, get them to realize real world scenarios, and then really, you know, teach them, you know, these values and compassion. Have you ever been in Vashti's place where, you know, you wanted something so much, but you're so afraid to start and you're so afraid to make a mistake? So is it okay to make a mistake? And then the kid will say, yeah. (laughs) And so we really say, for you guys, all you have to do is just try. So absolutely, Janice, it's fun. It's play. It's exploring so many things, but definitely at the heart of it, really being able to impart something to the kids. And that really is the magic that um, we enjoy, we are immersed in this world, but at the same time, we learn so much about being human because essentially it's it's our life stories and what we encounter day to day. Ah, Leslie, it's so fun to watch you <laughs> learn. Um, you know, until now, like how many years is that? How that is that 16 years? Because Sophie's turning 18, so 17 years. 18 years almost yeah, and like, your yeah, passion is yeah, still so very much evident right so so um how is it make be- how is make believe now i know that you were doing workshops that's where i met you and then kids parties uh you were producing i know mm-hmm. little prince remember you produce little prince and all that what yeah. how is it coming along like what are you busy with these days and um anything new that you're planning mm-hmm. yeah so, yeah, just taking off from my story. So we put up Make Believe yeah. after that. My partner and I, my best friend, uh, banded together to put up Make Believe. We started off with, with theater workshops. And then eventually, because my best friend Nina is a visual artist, we then also offered art. And it really worked as well because she's the one who does our story props, uh, our costumes and all that. So, and then eventually, yeah, it snowballed to us really being able to do events and parties as well. It was really difficult for us, Jan, over the the pandemic um, because, yeah, all of a sudden we couldn't have that face-to-face contact with our kids. But amazingly, and again, that's why I'm very grateful to you to like, uh, you know, our our testing the online waters. We were actually able to do that a lot with Mommy Mundo. So really being able to find a way to still tell stories with kids. And, uh, you know, during the pandemic, it was really interesting. So we would have... Uh, our stage lights and we would do our theater. Of course, it's limited because there are certain theater games that are best, you know, told together. But figuring out how we could do it and we came up with yeah. storytelling videos with the kids, which was a lot of fun. But even then, you know, we would a lot of time, like I would, if it's an hour and 15 minutes, like I would finish the class within an hour and 15 minutes, it's just talk time where and they would share their stories, uh, whether it's made up or or show and tell that they wanted to share, but just giving kids a space to express themselves. Um, now that the, we're, you know, seeing the end of it, yes, um, we are getting back to it. So we're, we're getting back to our face-to-face events. We've been able to do face-to-face workshops 
Uh, we started last summer, thankfully, in partnership with with uh, some commercial centers. Wherein, of course, we had to limit the number of kids, just you know, for everybody's safety. But we were able to start to do face to face and do face to face performances. Also, Halloween was a big thing for us. We felt like, oh my gosh, yeah, that was really the time when we let out that collective exhalation as a group <laughs> of make believe magic makers and say we're back. Yeah, and we were all like really teary eyed about it because we were able to see the kids in costume and share stories with them. And yeah, that 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 continues up to now. Um, yes, little prince. That was something that we were able to stage, and we were happy to like invite you to to our yes. the launch of our soundtrack. With that. We we are looking to get back to that as well. I hope to be. It's, it's one of our favorite stories to share. I feel like for little prince and. Um, a lot of actually our chosen stories, like what you would say would go into the make-believe canon of stories, uh, it really are stories that allow us to go back to the child at heart, um, to go back to our inner child and celebrate that as well and celebrate all of our dreams. So that's such a strong message in The Little Prince. So we hope to go back to that. If not this year, next year, but we're actually reconvening the cast just to like read and go through the songs again. So that's something we're going to do soon. So yes, Ajay is going back to like face-to-face, a lot of face-to-face interaction. And we're very excited. That's great. That's so good to know. I, I know that I would watch uh, before when you do your shows. Um, Kids, like some kids, they're more reserved at the beginning. Then when they see the other kids like shouting answers, then they'll suddenly join in. They gain confidence and energy from the other children. So it's always really amazing to watch. It's the magic of, yeah, your joy. It's infectious. The stories, the kids being able to relate to it. Um, so it's like, an, like a community of energy and creativity in one room. So it's amazing. So I wanted to ask you for tips. So if some kids are reserved, probably their moms are also a bit reserved, right? Um, so are there yeah. tips that we need to know um, or would be helpful to us who are not natural storytellers? Like like if I'm not Sanay with my voice, with accents and all that, like what tips can you share to to parents or grown-ups who, or even children who want to tell stories in a more creative way? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. We might think, you know, coming into it, you know, I need to do a good job and I really have to career this and, and uh, you know, bring in all the bells and whistles. But I have to say, like, number one, like, as a parent and just being like the mom or the dad and sitting down with your kid to read a story, that in itself is such a big deal. I remember even attending like a seminar of a developmental pediatrician and he said, parents, if you're busy, if there's one thing, one ritual you can have with your kids, it's story time. Because just having your kid lean against you, having that skin-to-skin contact, that warmth and being together is such a big deal. So I would say number one is just your presence and being able to sit down with your child you know, have them lean against you and they're listening to your voice and you're having this special dedicated moment together. Panalo na kayo, you've already yeah. won uh, just by having that moment. And also just that, you know, stories are, are, are wonderful and magical. And even if, you know, you might not be the most animated one, but even just like having a good book and then sitting down with your child and having that special time together is already, uh, you know, a, a wonderful experience. 
So, of course, like you would uh, choose your material and we have so many wonderful both local and international books. So having the time, just making sure it's really conducive, um, a conducive space. And first, I guess it would be just reading through. And that's how, you know, I began as a storyteller as well. Just a reading through. Uh, we would say like for, for any theater practitioner, your number one thing is clarity. So even if you think, um, don't think about like, just how engaging or how wonderful your voice is yet or how energetic and animated. As long as you're able to tell the story clearly in a way that your child will understand, don't read it too fast, like mm. really savor it. Um, you can open the book and sometimes you don't even need to start right away. Just the fact sitting down, having your child lean against you, opening the book. I really feel like when you open the book it's such a magical thing in itself it's like you're opening this world it's it's not something that's just two-dimensional but it's something that you know when you open it it's a new world that you're introducing your child to so you could just take it all in like I remember when Sophie was very young she would start pointing at colors she would be identifying objects what you find here you haven't even you know said anything yet you just the book and already there's learning and observation and object identification and naming that is happening so actually the the book can be a friend of yours you know you don't have to put so much pressure on yourself yet uh, until you've begun but just by opening it you can see what magic already unfolds. so you know there's identification there's colors there's something that looks interesting um as a toddler sometimes they're very excited <laughs> to to you know to see through. what's next um yeah. yeah, so you could do that because there are some, let's say if it's really young kids, like sensory books where they can actually yeah. feel things and then they can open. Uh, a book that I love is Glad Monster, Sad Monster, where it's different faces and they open it up and it reveals a different emotion. So, you know, if they want to breeze through and you're not able to read through it, don't feel pressure. Don't say, oh, I failed as a storyteller because my child didn't even want to listen to me. So sometimes you will have, you know, a kid who's really excited, yeah. but... So see what, what, what the book can offer visually. Uh, have your child with both of you can point out certain things. And then, of course, you start with your once upon a time or however the book does. It was a dark and stormy night. However, the book would then start. So just really, you know, taking your time. I would say seeing which words you can emphasize. Mm -hmm. uh, and really, uh, so like, for example, in Where the Wild Things Are, a, a story that we love to tell. He sailed in and out of weeks and over a year to where the wild things are. So you could really take time with that. Sail yeah. in and out of weeks. You can pretend. Can you pretend to sail? So you can, you know, take your time, see what are things that you can act out together. So this would really be, you know, um, having fun, seeing what will arise. You don't have to like, uh, I'm so busy, you know, with work or with chores. I have to pre-plan what we're going to do. <laughs> Actually, a lot of it arises with this, what you're going to do on the spot. Like, or she felt really, really sad and really, really angry. You make an angry face. And sometimes you look at your child and you'll see how they're already <laughs> making that. You can experiment with those uh, facial expressions. So see, are there things you can act out? Are there things that you can slow down? Are there things that you can like really relish and enjoy together? Um, you can ask, you know, was that right? So like in Where the Wild Things Are, when Max is in a wild mood and he terrorizes his dog, so can you pretend to be the dog? <laughs> so you can play around with fun. those things. Say, yeah. Yeah, so that, that you can have a lot of fun. And then, you know, once you've you know, tried doing that, then you could experiment with character voices. Like, uh, my husband isn't like a big character voice person, but 
he's really good at you know mimicking so like he he can do the voice of stitch so sometimes even if it's not the story of Milo and stitch he will just change the stitch's voice anyway like with any story that he will read so you know so sophie you know like papa that's stitch <laughs> but then she really appreciated it and it became like really humorous for her let's say it's a story about a bear but then when her papa would read it all of a sudden the bear's voice would become stitched <laughs> so definitely incorporate no more incorporate like your own voices don't feel that you need to like really you know I, I need to think about the different voice for each of these characters don't pressure yourself just like experiment um the easiest would be to go maybe for like really young characters you can practice the high voice and then for bigger characters you can go low of course, if our child is a little bit sensitive to these sounds, we have to maybe uh back a little bit. I remember before, just yeah, not super like a go there, but maybe just a hint of a lower voice so that they know it's an older or a bigger character. So these are little things that, that we can play around with. So I would say relish, just explore, be open to, to what you can discover together. And then see what things you can act out, what questions you can ask of your child. And the next level can be experimenting. Or if you have a child who's very performative, then you can then, or very, you know, outgoing and expressive rather, then you can really have them laugh it out and you try. Pretend that you ate something really sour and make that sour face. So you can have them be the actor if you are not the actor. So it's really what you guys will explore and experiment and discover together which is really really joyful and then of course if you want to level up if you want to bring in certain props uh well because i am a storyteller then my child would know to get like a piece of fabric but even just like a piece of fabric so i'm just gonna read yeah. a piece of fabric but this can be anything if it's like uh little red riding hood if it is the little prince it can be um a little baby or it can even be the caterpillar in the very hungry hung, hungry very hungry caterpillar who's eating the fruit and is so uh has a voracious appetite so even something as simple as a scarf can become a lot of different things and that's that can be magical for our children it teaches them imagination as well because we're so well boys nowadays are so sophisticated yeah but just going back to base i think janice you can remember right like from yeah bottles to pants to string to boxes we were able to exactly yeah. to tell stories and i actually would recommend that like if you would like to go on the next level and experiment with fabric you don't even have to have a lot of fabric but this can become a skirt it can become a tunic it can become so many things if you want to yeah like make your own props like sophie and i would make like just our own cardboard cut out crowns um i wouldn't even yeah. get from the make believe office we would just make our own and yes, boxes, absolutely, to make cars, to make a house. You can even set up a tent, which doesn't even have to be like a tent tent, but like chairs, and then you just put a blanket over it, and all of a sudden there's a storytelling fort. If you guys like really want to have like a little corner, it can be a blanket, put pillows, so that's like your storytelling nook. So there's just so many ways of being oh, yeah. creative and inventive, but I yeah, but I think it really just starts from sitting down and telling the story together, and then you will find that it will progress um, from there. Oh, I love it, Leslie. <laughs> My gosh, I can imagine how it was in your home. <laughs> but then, you know, I realized, <laughs> and, na, diba, those moments with your children, like, 
it's only until a certain age, like our, like our kids are grown and, you know, just make the most of those years, right? So... Is giving vitamin C to your kids a struggle? Try Scott's Vitamin C, the yummy and fruity way to give your kids 100% vitamin C to support normal immune function with proper diet and exercise. It comes in two delicious flavors, orange and mixed berries, that kids will love. Plus, its soft gummies make it more fun and convenient to take. That's Scott's Vitamin C. Mahalagang paalala, ang Scots ay hindi gamot at hindi dapat gamitin panggamot sa anumang uri ng sakit. Always read the label prior to use. We can still do it naman when they're older. Just that <laughs> and more, yeah, more fun, um, pa, right? So then you have an idea. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny, Janice, because there are some people that get us for adult parties. Like oh, uh, they get us for their 40th birthday, and it's because they want to go back to the childhood in, or even parents saying it's it's our daughter's first birthday, but actually it's gonna be all adults. So will your storytelling work? Right. I'm like, yes, yeah, we will bring in the adults into the action and we love to do so. And they're oftentimes yeah. very great. It's just wonderful to go back. To, to yes, to the child within and, and just to celebrate that. Uh, for Sophie, for example, it, it, it you definitely to make the most of those years. So it really became part of like a routine at home. So anybody like if she has Ninongs, Ninangs, Titos, Titos visiting, they had to be ready to do a story with her. So uh, <laughs> if Rachel would come over, they would have to do Goldilocks and the Three Bears. The Ninang, the Ninang came over, they would have to do a story. And, you know, they, she would say, again, again, again. And they would have to be ready to do a story 10 times. Oh, Of course, she's older now. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but we definitely treasure those moments. Yeah, because imagine she really grew up, right? From the time that she was asleep and you thought of, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do make-believe. And she grew up with yeah. the brand, with the whole history of your company. So amazing. So thank you for sharing all those tips. I love it. Like, yeah, I think, you know, um, I asked you for the tips without meaning to put pressure on moms. Because in the end, diba, we we know yeah. best that for our families and our kids. But for sure, I picked up stuff from what you said. And for sure, other moms will also realize that, yeah, I just keep it fun, keep it light. And and also use that yes. little creativity in our story time, right? So so now I want to ask you, because you're you've offered to give a... A little sample of your storytelling. As if naman, as if it wasn't enough now, all your tips are so animated. Oh, what are you going to read for us? This is actually a story that we created. We performed this in, in the yes. last Expo, Expo Mom. This is yes. the Fairy of Light. 
Um, and just to give a little background on this, this is actually a story that we created with the family. So we do that as well. They they want like an original story featuring their child. And so we would work together to come up with a story. And so we came up with, with the story of the family. And so we're and then after that, we're happy to share it, of course, with all wow. of our other young magic makers. And it is available, of course, we perform it as a team in the usual make-believe way where there would be two storytellers and one person going crazy playing all the characters and then one lead. But it can also, you know, it's also something that we can read to our kids as well. So this it's family who commissioned the, the story, right? Ellie no. is the kid? Ellie is the child? How old was she then? Yes, yes. I think it, she was one at the time. Yeah. So maybe uh, I would not have been aware, but they do have a storybook. So... When she is older, I, I definitely hope that that's something that they can get back to and say, you know, hey, this is your story. This is something that we Love that. Created. Okay, take it away. All right. Yes, I'm going to look for an exciting part of this story. <laughs> okay, here we go. One lovely spring day, a little hedgehog came stumbling into their forest. He was soaking wet. <laughs> it is it is bright here, he said, his teeth chattering. In our forest, it has been raining for days. Butterfly exclaimed. It's light and warmth, Bluebird sang urgently. Butterfly and Bluebird turned to Ellie. Me? she asked. She looked at her parents, her eyes wide and her heart beating fast. Her father said, your life is meant to be shared. And her mother said, you are brave, Ellie, and you can do it. Her parents were so proud and sure. Fairy Ellie nodded her head and embraced her parents. So that's just the short excerpt, uh, Janice. Um, of yes, uh, she needed to help uh, uh, Little Hedgehog, and her parents are encouraging her in this part of the story. I love it. Oh, thank you for sharing. Oh, and I love that this was a gift from her parents for her. That's, oh. Thank you, Leslie. And I love how you told the story. That's amazing. <laughs> You're the best. You're really the best. <laughs> You're such a gift. You're such a gift. <laughs> okay, so before we wrap up, thank you, thank you, Leslie, for everything you've shared. Uh, you're really one of a kind and uh, you're a gift. You're really a gift to all the families and children that, that has come across you. I hope that this um, episode will allow you to reach even more people and and um, just being able to share your passion for what you do. Um, but I want to also um, make this opportunity for you to share with us how they can get in touch with you. They're, say whatever you're doing. Like even I didn't even know you you would accept commissions. That's your husband. I know he's a composer. Does he do like commission songs? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, he does. Um, so for Make Believe, uh, we, well, again, Janice, I just want to say thank you again um, to you and to Mami Mundo for always allowing us to share the magic of stories. So we're so happy to be in this community. So thank you for having me. And Our pleasure. Make Believe. Yes, for Make Believe, well, we are on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. So if you'd like to, for anybody that would like to see any of our storytelling videos for ideas on how to do certain read-throughs, to see how we brought certain stories to life, 
Uh, you can follow our YouTube channel that's at MakeBelievePH. It's the same for Facebook, at MakeBelievePH as well. And then our Instagram is at MakeBelieve.ph. And then uh, via email, we can also be reached. That's makebelievemagic.world at gmail.com. So our email contains our dream to, you know, share the magic of stories uh, all around the world. So we do, we are available for, for parties. We really, you know, champion sharing our stories. Our storytelling service is definitely available for parties and events. And we have different formats for our stories. So we have... Uh, just the basic storytelling, which in itself is, you know, an experience. And it's really us bringing the stories to life. So a lot of people ask, what is your storytelling? Is it a storyteller sitting down with the book, reading the story? We actually do that, um, especially yeah. when we work with publishers uh, that want to that want to get this for their book launch. So we can work on the format that best works for you. But I also remember, you know, just going crazy with a story with a publisher and the author told me, okay, you can drop the book, do whatever you want with this story. Go ahead. So we, we can definitely work with you um, however you would like to present the story. So we do that. We can do the sit down, but the make-believe storytelling really is us getting up on our feet. There definitely is narration. We do uh, pay tribute to the book that we are featuring, but it's us getting up on our feet. It's usually one story would tell her who plays all the characters uh, uh, all the satellite characters in one main storyteller who's Ellie, who's Ellie the Fairy of Light, or who is Peter Pan. And so that one actor would be, or storyteller would be the character. So that's the basic storytelling. We also have uh, make-believe and music, which is incorporating music and movement activities in the storytelling. So let's say if it's a music and movement of the very hungry caterpillar, the kids would pretend to you know, wrap themselves in a cocoon and then burst out and become into a butterfly. So this usually works for the younger kids, uh, especially if we want to engage them through movement so that they really feel that they are part of the story. And that's really important for us that kids are not passive listeners. Even if it's us performing, it's very interactive. We want them to take part in the action. We also have make-believe in puppetry, wherein a character in the story would be animated by our puppet and by our storyteller puppeteer. So we would have that. And then we also do musical versions. So like, for example, Little Prince, we adapted it and we made an original musical adaptation. So that's also uh, available. So we do that. We, we share stories for events, but we do have a service called Your Once Upon a Time. So that little short excerpt that I shared is from a story that we developed under our Your Once Upon a Time banner. And for that, we work with a family. Actually, we're so happy because we're working on our first, uh, we call it You At for short. Our first U at project post pandemic. So we're so happy family. Yeah. So it's basically a, a family commissioning us to to write a story for their child. So it's their story who's a, a heroine or hero in, in that story that we will craft. Uh, we get together to find out certain things like what do they want the theme to be? Do they want it to be about adventure, bravery, family yeah. love, friendship? So we get that and then we craft the story. And then we actually come up with a with a printed storybook. Wow! So we work with our, one of our in-house illustrators. Uh, I, I I or one of our writers would write the story. Then it goes into illustration. We lay it out into a simple storybook. We print it out, and however number many number of copies the family would want, and we would produce that for them. And yeah, so that's that's something. What's that what's the lead time like for that? Do. For your old your once upon a time. One year once upon a time. Yes, ideally two months. 
two months, months would be uh yes our, our at the shortest six weeks but that would be like really like pushing it um but two months would be a, a really good lead time for us so pre-pandemic janice we were able to make actually really a lot when i was looking at it we had made around 20 plus uh you at books hey. get, uh, a lot of times there's some that just want the story because uh they're just gonna have a very intimate gathering and they just share the story on their own there are some that get us so we make that uh, your once upon a time story, you print the storybooks. But that's a giveaway. To perform. Nice. Yeah, it's sort of, it, it, it was their giveaway. And then we also show up to perform his yeah. story. So they can get that combo. Your once upon a yeah. time plus the interactive storytelling service. But if they just want the books into the storybooks, that's definitely something we can do and then we can just send the, the books over. But we, we love it collaborative process of, of working uh, with the family and for families they work that work with us they say oh, we love this that many years later for a lot it's like a child who's a year old or three years old but many years later just to be able to revisit the story and say hey here's a story that, that was inspired by you uh, yeah coming into our lives better than any material gifts right it's amazing i love it Thank you, Leslie. Thanks for your time here. And I'm so happy that you're back and um, doing all your creative work again. They just gave you, uh, pandemic just gave you a little break. And then now you're back. <laughs> yes, yes, we are back. We are back. We're hoping, uh, yeah, we, we love uh, we love to see um, how, where we can bring the magic of stories. We'd love to see more kids and more kids at heart as well. We, yeah. we just love it whenever we're sharing stories, the parents end up joining, the yayas end up joining. It just really becomes this a community experience. So we'd yeah. love to share this at more places, more events. And of course, always with Mommy Mundo. Yeah, keep it up, keep it up, keep the passion alive and know that you're making a difference, like really building memories for everyone. So thank you, Leslie. I'll see you again in our next event or when I'm back in Manila. Yay, thank you, Janice. Yeah, see you. Thank you to all who listened to us today on You The Mom. See you again soon. Thank you for listening to You The Mom podcast. Brought to you by Mommy Mundo and Podcast Network Asia. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to the show for more episodes. So we at Mommy Mundo believe that all moms should be celebrated and cherished. So from us to you, we say, You the mom! The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.